1: It is six minutes past eight, and thank you so much uh, for spending your morning with us. On the forum at eight this morning, we look at recently introduced immigration regulations. Our government says the amendments are in the country's best interest and an effective way to manage migration. However, industry regulators and rights groups say that the changes are unconstitutional and an administrative nightmare. On the forum at eight this morning, we ask... Are the new immigration regulations really a cause for concern? And joining us for this conversation, Director General in the Department of Home Affairs, Mr. Mkuseni Apleni. We're also joined by Stuart James, Director of IntegrateImmigration.com, as well as Chris Waters, and attorney who specializes in immigration laws. Gentlemen, thanks to all of you for your time this Morning. Morning. Good morning. Good morning. Now, I'm going to start with you, uh, DG.
2: If you could just uh,
1: very briefly take us through uh, the new regulations.
2: Well, firstly, uh, morning uh, to the listeners and and to you, and we thank the opportunity uh, for the department to be able to come and explain our regulations. I want us to start with the provisions of the National Development Plan, which is looking for economic growth and as well as jobs. So as the Department of Home Affairs, we play a major role, as you know, that our freedom, we got it through other countries. So we need people who will be able to come to our country in order to improve our economy. To do that, we need to bring up permits which will allow people to easily come to the country. But the important part is that when we do that, it must be in a secured manner. So that's what we are looking at. So the major change which we have done as a department is to make sure that people are able to come. One of those, I'll just make two examples. Let's take the critical skills. We know that as a country, there are skills which are short of. So we are saying, if you are a critical skills person, we won't be able to look for your permit as an individual, but we look for you as a package. So it means if you've got a child who still have to go to school, will be able to give the permit at that point. If another spouse is not a critical skill, but will give a work permit and to you again now as a critical skill. Then the other one is around employment. We are saying if you come to South Africa to open a business, we will give you that permit. But you must appoint 60% of South Africans. The current one, it simply says, appoint five people. Who are those five people? It's a cleaner, is a receptionist, is a driver, and all. Then you are fine. So we cannot allow something like that. When we are faced with about 26% of unemployment, how would we improve our employment? So that's what we are talking about. But we are really here to listen what are these issues which people are saying makes it difficult than what we had before?
1: Stuart, what are some of the concerns that you have regarding this?
2: Um, I think one of the concerns um,
0: we've mentioned already by the Director General the critical skills list, and absolutely, I think we all agree with that. The problem is is that we've done away with two permits, and we're sat here now after the regulations are enforced, and we still don't have a critical skills list. So how we're supposed to attract critical skills when we actually can't give them a criteria um, is beyond me. Businesses, attracting businesses to South Africa, I think nobody argues uh, once once again with um, the comments that we need to create jobs for South Africa, and that's paramount to any immigration practice. Once again, we don't have the list of desirable or undesirable businesses, nor have we had the investment amount cons- um, confirmed to us. So the reality is we're missing so much information, after implementation.
1: All right, and um, Chris, on your side, I see immigration lawyers uh, say that they will litigate against the new immigration regulations. Why? Um, uh,
3: good morning, Zakina, and good morning, DG. Uh-huh. Um, the yeah, <laughs> that was not not a statement issued by the Law Society. Um, that apparently was a statement issued by. Um, the organised immigration agents. Um, obviously, attorneys are, you know, can, can act on mandates from, from their clients to, to challenge that. But as the organised legal profession, um, we have no plans to litigate against these regulations. I must say that, I, that, that um, individual aspects of the regulations aside, um, personally, I don't see problems with the, with, with the constitutionality of. Let's call it the package. Um, but I think I, I would share the the um, the, the, the sentiments of of, um, of Stuart that there are problems with um, let's call it the implementation and the process. Um, so much information just hasn't been put on the table, um, from department feeds to you know who falls in the critical skills and uh, you know, issues such as that.
2: Um, so let's get some uh, clarity from Mr. Planning. Yes, yeah. No, with the criticals list um, will be published uh, uh, today. Let me explain, the process again. For critical skills, it was not the process of the Department of Home Affairs to determine that. We had to consult with the Department of Economic Development, we have to consult with the Department of DTI, and we have to consult with the Department of Science and Technology, so that we are sure what are these skills which we are saying were short of in South Africa. For instance... If you take a welder, I can, at a first value, you can say, no, we've got welders in South Africa. Why would you say it is a critical skills uh, at that? But once you get to ESCOM, who have been uh, building Medupi, will tell you that, no, th- this uh, uh, welders which we're looking for is this particular level of skills. So for a department to do that we had to appoint a, a consulting firm to help us on that and as well and consult these departments. Now that list now is complete and then I will be publishing it so that people they can know on which categories they fall. But at the same time Sankira, let's explain. It does not mean that because you are not in the list you cannot apply. But it's just the criteria to say this is what will be prioritizing so that when you fall into that a, a list is where you will get that benefit it. But if you are coming to look for a work in South Africa, does not mean we won't appoint someone who is not on the criticals list. If an employer can explain to us, that's why now we're talking even about the corporate uh, a permit. If Sakina so, we look for ship sharers, and then a company comes to us and say for this season, we really need for these ship sharers for a particular, then we'll grant that permit. So, what we're saying is that by having a criticals list, it doesn't mean it's a closed shop and says it's only those people who will be in the category to come to South Africa. I might not be in the critical list, but I can come and look for a job as long as that employer will be able to prove to us.
1: Stuart, does that answer your
2: concerns?
0: Um, unfortunately, with all due respect, no, it doesn't. I mean, to, to actually get rid of two permit types um, and not create a critical skills list, which is a very different permit, general work permit, um it's absolutely impossible for the last three months to advise any potential applicant um, and by the DG's own own admission we need to attract these skilled people in. We're simply unable to do it if you've got any ethics or morals because you're telling someone make an application that costs a lot of money and the reality is you cannot say to them with any degree of confidence that your skill is a required skill in South Africa because we do not have the list. It's the same with the business visas. I think importantly as well, um, what needs to be said at this stage, is that the DHA offices on Monday stopped taking applications at a regional level. And the outsourcing centers have now kicked in. Um, Unfortunately, only three of the 11. If I sit here in Cape Town or Johannesburg um, or George, for example, I can't even make an application within South Africa at this moment
2: in time. not Unless I
0: get on an airplane and I travel.
2: That That is not correct What we have changed like, in which We have to do it as this country Was the issue of the manual Processes You've got a website Where you can submit your application Where we are saying We no longer want people to bring Paper to us Because it's what is creating the problem Which another argument is going to come in Is to say home affairs Was taking months and months To process the applications. What did we do? We said, no, we need to automate this process. And then we get a, a website where people go and submit their applications, and then based on that, they will be called in for a process of interviews to do that. So, you know, we have done the same thing. We are no longer now theorizing. When we were having an ID card, a book which was taking us 54 days because it was a manual. We learned out of that. We came up with a smart card, which now people are able to get it within 10 days, and the efficiencies, and we were able to cut the issues of corruption. So we're doing the same with the permit. Sakina, two weeks ago, I had to go to Sweden. Personally, personally, I had to go to the embassy of Sweden so that I can take my fingerprint and a photo. There was no way that I just submit a paper. So what is wrong to do that in South Africa? We are doing it in order to protect the integrity of this country. So we have to accept that let's balance the two, the security, and economic development, which we need. So, as a department, we've got that responsibility.
1: Let's bring um, uh, Chris in. Chris, yeah. your thoughts?
3: Yeah, thanks very much. Um, I'm sorry, I have to differ with the DG um, on the mm-hmm. issue of submitting applications. As matters stand, we cannot submit an application in Johannesburg. The VFS office is closed until the 18th of June. It will not take in applications. All we can do now is give notice of our intention to submit an application. We can book an interview, but we cannot take in the paperwork until the 18th of June. The client cannot go in and be fingerprinted and and, and get checked until the 18th of June. The the director general or the department issued a notice um, at the weekend saying that no application can go to the regional offices. So we are, in Johannesburg, we are stuck as a fact. And if you go online, in fact, the VFS site isn't even functioning. You cannot even try and and, and, uh, book an appointment as matters stand today. So there is a problem around submission of of permits. And, um, you know, know, the department may have kind of shifted the, the burden to VFS, but at the end of the day, VFS are its agents now in this process, and it's responsible for what VFS does. It can't kind of wash its hands and say, this is a VFS issue. The other issue, which I think I must just touch on, you know, the DG says that you know he wants to go to Sweden and he must go stand in the queues, and so there's there's a, a measure of kind of reciprocity. If if we must queue for them, they must queue for us. I think that's 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 the wrong question. We you know we, that, that's the wrong issue, because the you know, at the end of the day, we are not Sweden. We're trying to attract people to the country, and I think we need to find a better balance between yeah. um, our security issues. And uh, making life easier for people who want to come to the country legitimately. So to say it's reciprocity, as I say, it doesn't work. And at the end of the day, even if it is reciprocity, EU passport holders can walk in, can arrive um, uh, for a visit, can arrive at the airport, and will be landed for 90 days. Um, if we want to go to Europe, it doesn't apply. So this reciprocity doesn't. You know, if if we were being truly reciprocal then we would not allow Europeans to come here um without you know without applying for a visitor permit we wouldn't allow Americans to come here and uh, you know get a, visit- a permit on arrival so you know the issue isn't a strict reciprocity issue but as I, say, I think the major concern is that for for those of us in the field is that the the um that the work permit um isn't working the other thing which i would really so why like why
1: isn't is it working
3: because you, you, the the um, the departments won't allow us to submit at the regional offices. They've shifted the burden now to this company, VFS. And um, you know, in terms of a notice issued by the department, VFS doesn't go online until the 18th of June. We, you cannot submit at this VFS, of, VFS office to department's agents. Mm-hmm. Whatever the, v, the DG says, it can't happen. You mm-hmm. cannot go online. It cannot happen.
1: All right. before we get the DG to respond let's just invite our callers, uh, our listeners the lines are open 0891 104208, you can SMS us on uh, 34701 tweet or Facebook, AM live on SAFM or my account at Sakina Kamwendo, and the question we're asking in the forum at 8 this morning, are the new immigration regulations really a cause for concern what are your views on that and um, just as a reminder the new regulations, um, under the new regulations, the word visa Replaces the word permit, except for permanent uh, permanent residence permit. And uh, for example, uh, for example a visitor's permit will now be called a visitor's visa, and a work permit will now be called. A work visa and uh, this means that under the new regulations there will be clear distinction between short-stay visas as well as long-stay permanent resident permits and the act now requires that every child must possess his or her own passport a person who is a visitor or or, for medical treatment visa um, may not change his or her status Whilst in the Republic, except on exceptional circumstances. So they need to leave and uh, go uh, apply again. Is that correct? Uh, and then come back on the correct visa. And study visas will be issued for the duration of study of a cause. No business visa will be issued or renewed to a foreigner who intends to establish or invest in a business that is listed as undesirable business undertaking. So those are some of the uh, new regulations. What are your thoughts on that? But before we go to our listeners, let's just revert to the DG to respond to what Chris has raised.
2: Well, well, what I'm interested on here is that the question is, are there a problem with the changes which we have done? Now what they're talking about is the logistics. They're not addressing the issue and say, by amending Uh, this particular visa to say if now you have come to South Africa on a visitor's visa and then now you want to change to another visa. You must go back to your country. What is the issue on that? If now we are saying a South Africa, if you are opening a business, you can't say we must just appoint five people. We are saying appoint 60% of the people as South African. What is wrong with that? If we are saying, if because of the child trafficking, we are saying a child must have his or her own passport, what is wrong with that? So I'm not hearing that. The only thing I'm hearing about is the logistical issue. So the question is, are the amendments causing a problem to people who want to come to South Africa? Once we dealt with that issue, let's come now to the issues of, of logistics and deal with that. But that's not what I'm hearing People are conflating the issues of logistics and make it as a major issue. And again, Sakina, let's be honest, they know about that. What we have done is that in the changes, we were what we called practitioners, where people are submitting applications to them, we have removed that thing into the act solely for one reason because we want to have an opportunity to deal with the client. Because I want Sakina your fingerprints I want your photo before I can deal with your application that's why we made those changes but I'm saying if the colleagues can explain to me what are the issues around the changes? And thereafter, deal with the logistics that this website is not working or whatever, mm. but has got nothing to do with the changes in the regulations.
1: Okay, Stuart?
0: Um, let's, let's just quickly address the issue of representation. Section 46 was removed from the Act, um, but it does not create representation for a client. I think that, um, with all due respect to the DG, we perform a very important role for South Africa. Um, we alone have probably invested, uh, brought in investment of over 500 million rand. We've probably created thousands of jobs. The DHA does not promote South Africa as a destination, the same as uh, immigration practitioners and lawyers do. <laughs> DFS does not give advice. It doesn't tell somebody that you appear on a list or you don't appear on a list. It doesn't help them to relocate. Um, I totally agree with biometrics. I've got no issues with the VFS offices. I think the point here we're making is that it's not a logistical error um, or even a problem when somebody can't make a submission. No doubt everybody's seen the news at the weekend when a husband, wife, and child are split up because the DHA has not processed an application within a 60-day period of time and declared them illegal on the way out of the country. So a mother now sits in England with a small child while the husband sits here. All right. That's not a logistical reason. That's a a human rights problem.
1: I just want to bring in our callers very quickly and get the DG to respond. ABN Cape Town, good morning. Hi. I
4: just want to comment because I've had first-hand experience of the absolute inefficiency and disaster that has been the Home Affairs Department. I, um, you know, wanted to apply for a permanent residence permit for my wife, okay, and I did this two years ago. Um, She eventually got it after we raised or escalated to the minister's office. They couldn't find the application. They couldn't actually assist. Called the lines. There was absolutely no information forthcoming for a year. Before the application was mysteriously found. And then approved. But the, you know, the question that I have for this DG is that my wife was told, we were told that we couldn't actually make an application until she, uh, unless she'd been married to me for five years. Now, I've heard in the news recently that the five-year thing seems to be totally new, and I'm completely and utterly confused because I was told that, first of all, she needed a temporary permit for a period of two years, then she needed to actually wait for a further period of five years, and so eventually, after I think it was six, seven years, we we were able to put in an uh, application. It was a disaster because once the application goes in, it's, it's a black mm. hole. And I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm just confused because All the right. five-year thing to me came in, you know, five years ago already. So I'm, I'm not really sure what's going on, and I've got some info on there.
1: Uh, Fair enough, AB, and of course um, uh, the DG would take your details just to look into that matter further if need be. Uh, Bonnie and Joba, good morning. Morning to the Mm -hmm.
5: DG. Morning. Good morning. Um, I am Cameroonian. I've lived in this country for 18 years, and I'm a permanent resident. I've never invited anybody of my family, but recently my wife gave birth to twins, and for three months I've applied for a visitor's visa for my mother, who is 64 years old, to just come and spend two months with a twin before returning to Cameroon, and the visa has not been granted. I've made applications twice because they rejected an appeal. They rejected on the grounds that they don't have medical aid. And I say in rural areas of Cameroon, nobody talks of medical aid. All I have to do is to prove to them that I am covered here, and I have sufficient money for her to be taken care of if she felt sick, but I've never gotten any reply. I just want to know um, what are uh, the DG's thoughts on this.
1: All right. Thanks, Bonnie. Uh, Zipeng in Cape Town, good morning.
5: Uh, morning, Sakin, How are you? Well and you. Oh, thank you very much. And morning to the panel as well. Um, I'm actually, uh, my name is Chipeng, as I said, I'm actually a refugee from the Democratic Republic of Congo. Um, I've been staying in South Africa since 2003, and I was granted a refugee status since
4: 2004.
5: Mm. Um, I know that the issue today uh, is relating to the new regulations, but I would like to find out from the DJ what are the new regulations regarding refugees who have been staying for more than 10 years who have applied um, a standing, uh, the set, uh, standing uh, a certificate for refugee. And I've, been app- I've applied that uh, certificate since 2011 from the standing committee, mm. from the Home Affairs Refugee. Since 2011 until now, I haven't received anything. I was given numbers to call from the office in Pretoria every time I've been calling them. Nobody has replied. I actually submitted a second application recently <laughs> in, in March uh, 2014, and again and again it has been dragging so long. It's really stressful, especially that I'm working at a university whereby I'm in a skills uh, discipline whereby the university needs, the department needs me to have the university, but they can't because I don't actually have the permanent residence that I would like to apply through. The, the refugee
4: status okay. and I would like,
5: that's why I would like to ask the DJ Is anything that can be done and how can they try their best to resolve this issue as uh, some of us, a lot of us actually as I know are actually waiting and actually stressing uh, about the issue. Alright so
1: we'll much. get a response for you there Ping. and of course uh, Karim and others holding on on 0891 will we'll come to you after uh, our break because it's 8.30 and time to take the news with Vabakshini Chetty it's 26 minutes before 9 here on the Forum at 8, and this morning we are asking, are the new immigration regulations really a cause for concern? And our guest this morning, uh, the Director General for Home Affairs, uh, Mr. Mkoseli Apleni, Mr. Stuart James, Director dot IntegrateImmigration.com, and also Mr. Chris Waters, an attorney who specializes in immigration laws. And we are taking your calls on 089, 891 and your SMS is on 34701 if you'd like to Twitter, Facebook, AM Live on SAFM or at Sakina Kamwendo Now before the break uh, we took a few calls and perhaps if we could just answer some of those very quickly Mr. Apleni yes, yeah. um, uh, uh, Basically uh, AB, I don't know how you're going to respond to AB with his wife's situation
2: Yes, yeah. Let, let's, let's start by saying, that you are saying the issue which is confusing is this period of why a person must be married for a particular period I think Sakina We can't sell our country to a highest bidder. People, they know that if I'm a foreign national and then I marry a South African, then you graduate from your permit, whether it was a visitor's visa, to a permanent residence. And then from a permanent residence to a naturalization. What are the cases we've been sitting with? People come to the country and say, I've married with this person within six months, and thereafter it graduates, it gets a naturalization, and thereafter people, they divorce and bring their families. Those are the cases which we are dealing with. So we are saying here, we need to have a sense that these pe- people are really on a genuine relationship. So if we are married, yes, it will take that f- five years. But there's also issues now of partnership, that I'm not married, but we are in partnership. Even that, it can be two days. We must have something to prove that these people are in a genuine relationship. Because if we don't do so, it means now everyone must come to South Africa and say, I've fallen in love, and then within two days, and then we must grant a, a, a South African naturalization. So that's why we've got those periods, is to protect the integrity of the state. And South Africa is a sovereign state, so that's why we have to do that. Let's come now to the issue of Cameroon, Mm. to say that every country has got its criteria, has got its responsibilities. If now it says to me, to go to a visit uh, to U.S., I need to show that I've got money which will sustain me when I'm there. Why cannot do that? Because now the colleague is saying, no, I don't have a medical aid, but when it comes to South Africa, will support. How do I have a proof of that? So that's why now we need to be sure we don't have resources which are unlimited. So when those requirements are put for a reason, so that now we are able to make sure that we are coming to the country, you visit. If something happens to you, you'll be able to look after yourself. So that's why now you need to give those a criteria which every kind of country calls I think the colleague says uh, this is not it's about uh, permits which we are talking about. It's not about the issues of refugees, but as as a department, we want to improve on all of what we are doing in our services to make sure that people are able to get. But the the, the the permit have got nothing to do with the refugee status uh, responsibilities.
1: And uh, just also to our other guest, Stuart and uh, Chris, any one of you want to respond to anything that has been raised?
0: Uh, I think the, everybody agrees with the, um, the, the comments regarding the need to prove a, a proper relationship does indeed exist. I think some of the issues around it, though, are that if I'm in a life partner arrangement, um, two issues mainly. One is same-sex. It's absolutely impossible in some countries to prove that you're in a relationship if it's a same-sex relationship, Um, as we will have seen in the recent press without going into too much detail. There are countries who've got um, uh, extreme views on same-sex relationships, so one wouldn't want to be seen as being with a partner. The second issue is that it's the overriding criteria. I can be sat there with two children. Um, I can be in a relationship for four years. I still cannot get a permanent residency application through as a life partner. And um, I think that that's wrong. Um, You can't just take one criteria. You need to look at the complete picture. And, of course, I agree with the comment, you must make sure the relationship is sincere. But two children would indicate that that relationship is sincere and it should not be dismissed purely because... Of a
1: time frame. And let me read some of the uh, tweets, uh, the SMS is coming through. Uh, This one from Temba and Rustenburg says, What next for Zimbabweans uh, with those uh, four year permits, please? Um, And and, and that's an important question because uh, there was the documentation process that the Zimbabweans underwent, and uh, the understanding was that that would be rolled out to uh, people of other nationalities. How far is that process?
2: Well, um, the minister uh, has already taken, was we knew it's us who issued those uh, permits with a period of four years. Uh, so, minister have taken the matter back to cabinet. Cabinet has reflected on the matter, but the minister is still working on the logistics of how we'll be following that process in terms of uh, when the uh, permits come to an end by December 2014, others in January 2015. So even yesterday I indicated to say Zimbabweans, they must not panic. Uh, the minister has already taken the matter to the cabinet and then from there will be coming wow logistics, they will be Uh, able to renew those uh, uh, permits. So there is a process to deal with that. Then with regard to other countries as well, we'll recall we said we'll start with the Zimbabwean process Mm -hmm. and then from there we'll see where to other countries to go. So minister at the right time will be able to announce those processes.
1: And then Terence and Kimberly says, this new law will spark xenophobic attacks in South Africa because there's already unemployment. Shadow says, I fully support the new immigration regulations. The is, uh, department is on the right track, but I need the assistance of the Department of Labor to employ enough inspectors. And uh, Sajini Ndenze says, Home Affairs Department is 100% uh, uh, for, uh uh, correct. Foreigners must obey The laws of this country as we Do in their countries. Finnish And klar And then uh, Kijima Norman uh, asks Please ask Mr. Apleni Why are our borders so Porous?
2: Uh, let me start with the last one mm-hmm. uh, Sakina we are working hard on, 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 on the matter It is a fact but uh, I think South Africans will recall that President, as early as 2009, announced that South Africa will establish what we call this a border management agency Which will be looking at the entire border environment Then Home Affairs was given the responsibility uh, to lead that process So we are working hard uh, The timeframe which has been given to us is that by 2016 that uh, BMA must be in place also, defense has already started to go back to the borderline uh, in order to monitor what is happening on the borderline. So there are a lot of improvements which we are doing. Also, as a uh, minister has directed the department that we need to bring a system now in our border posts where we will be taking a fingerprint, for anyone who's coming into our border so that we know who you are. In fact, how the minister puts it, he said, we need to know who you are, who is your mother, who is your father, who is your kid. So we are improving in these processes, really. We need uh, the comments and uh, like what we have heard now, people are saying what we are doing, we are doing it simply to Protect the country, but we're not forgetting that for this country to go forward, it needs the support of other people from other countries. So we are amenable to that.
1: And let's go back to the lines oh eight nine one one zero four two oh eight. david Dave in King Williamstown, good morning. Good morning. Welcome. Dave. Um,
4: yeah, my question is to the um, DG. Um, I wanted to find out, I mean, if um. Uh, do the, these laws before they pass it out? Do they normally, I mean, work in, cons- uh, in consultation with other stakeholders? Like uh, the Department of Labor, Economics? Because sometimes the investors are a bit jittery, you know, when they want to come with all these laws.
1: Okay.
2: Okay. Good. Can I start just with the process of how we come up with the laws? It's mm-hmm. not the department just simply sit in a corner and just write the laws. We take uh, our proposals, they go to parliament. It's the parliament which makes the laws. Us, we make and recommend. Then the parliament has got a process of of going to the public, the public hearings, for people to put their comments. And based on that, then we go back to parliament and parliament says, we agree with you. We have looked at this, changed this. But at the same time, as a department, we work in clusters, we don't work in silos. So we go to our colleagues. In fact, in home affairs, we've got a immigration advisory board. In the immigration advisory board, where these uh, regulations were processed, Department of Labor is sitting there, uh, Department of uh, DTI is sitting there, and the Department of Economic Development is there and others, so that we make sure that whatever we come up with, it must be able to be implemented. That's why that comment is very important to say. Is the Department of Labour now? I've got the inspectors. Who must mm. go to these uh, firms and check whether are you complying with the law. But we cannot allow an anarchy in the country. We have to make sure that we come up with these laws and they must be implemented. And we do all those things for the best interest of the country.
1: Let's go back to the line, Stephen, in King Williamstown, uh, in Cape Town, rather. Good morning.
2: Yeah. Hi. Um, good morning. I'd like to
0: address the DJ Um, It's strange to hear. He says that the uh, Department of Trade and Industry gave input into this matter because in 2011 there's a report that was commissioned by the DTI um, addressing the issue of language schools. Um, This report is available. Um, It's actually on page 104. It refers to um, the language school industry bringing 2.6 billion rand into this country annually. It could have gone up by now. I understand, and perhaps the gentleman from Integrate will uh, be able to comment on that, that language school students will no longer be um,
4: uh, given visas to come study in the country. I have some clarity on that.
1: All right. We'll get your clarity, Stephen. Let's also just take Kareem in Durban. Thanks for holding on.
6: Hello, Sakina. Morning. Good morning. How are you, Sakina? Very well, and you? Lovely show, as always. Um, uh, good morning. the DJ from uh, Home Affairs and um, the, the other guests. I just want to make one, two, three points quickly to the DJ, and he was a DG, uh, Director General, is that, number one, when they had the rollout for the IDs, uh, smart cards, it was a shamble. You know, it, they, they had big ads in the paper, and when people got to the Home Affairs office, it was just a shamble. That's one. Number two, has he got a data of how many illegal immigrants are living in this country? And, and, and the fact is, we're sitting with a load of people that aren't even registered, And we have infrastructure problem for our own people in this country. We have so much of housing backlogs. We have accommodation problem. Do we have they considered that they they approve other people come? I know they're looking for skills, but we have skills in our country which we're not utilizing. Have they thought about people that are sitting in this country who don't have, who have skills but they can't get a job? Number three, a country cannot just take people uh, with the new law changes that, okay, we'll have to get a permit, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll give you, we'll scrutinise your permit and we'll give you a, a skilled job. That's fine. But we haven't got the capacity to, to get our systems correct. I mean, people have been complaining, they've been, uh, dealing with the Department of Home Affairs and they haven't had answers for one year. That's not, a, it's not, it's not acceptable because the point is we haven't got the proper, uh, infrastructure to do that. And secondly, we don't have the capacity in this country to bring more foreigners in, and there are a lot of illegal immigrants already in the country who, who basically don't even have permits. What are they doing about that? Because the point is this we don't have a combination, they're living in one okay. place. Okay, and I want to uh, answer from them. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you so much, Kareem. And it's in Cape Town. Good morning. Hi, good morning. Welcome.
3: Thank you. Uh, my question relates to uh, visa which I got from my son earlier this year. I'm a foreign student, I'm studying in Cape Town. So I got a three-month visa for my son, and apparently he was incorrect correct at O.R. Tambo airport, because there he was given a one-month visa. And I didn't know about this until the time I was trying to renew this visa to an accompanying visa. And Home Affairs said they couldn't help me until that O.R. Tambo stamp was collected. And I've been thrown from one office to the other, but still haven't been helped. And now even that three-month visa has expired. So now, under the new law, what happens to my son? Can I still apply for an accompanying visa? Will he be deported? Will I be fine? What happens now? He's only one year, four
5: months
6: old.
1: Okay. All right, Esther, yes. please listen on the radio. Um, Mr.
2: Apleni, I'm not sure how much of uh, Esther's question you actually heard. Well, I don't get much, yeah, but... Uh I didn't get much, but it talks about a child and a yes. company visa. We didn't change those uh, visas because we're saying uh, if now I'm a parent, I come to South Africa, you are uh, coming here to study. That's why we've got what we call the relative's permit. What relative's permit means is that my spouse as an example or my father or my mother as a child has got a job in South Africa. Then now for me, I, I have to company that person. So if now you've got that, you apply according to that category of a, a relative's a permit. But if now I'm a student, I can be able to apply for myself at a university level, a study permit that will be granted to me as, as a person. But what the change is now, what we are saying, but if you are coming on a critical skills uh, 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 permit, in that instance, you will be given. That permit, not as a, as a relative or as an accompanying, because you are part of that uh, critical uh, uh, list.
1: Mm. So, so, so just clarity there, because what she says is she applied for a visa. It was meant to be for three months. But when she got to the airport, uh she discovered that that visa is only for one month. So she wants to know what's going to happen now with the child. Um You know, will the child be deported? Will she be fined? what's
2: going to happen That's why you must go and renew that 's why you must go so and she doesn't have to leave yes, the country. that's why I was saying if the people must' what' you saying if now you 've got renewal and extension is inside the country, what we're saying is that is when you change your status let's say I was a visitor's uh, permit here now I want to change my status now to be. A work, mm. I want to change my status to be a business. In that instance, we say, you were here for being a visitor, then back to your country and apply for a permit. But if I'm inside the country, I want to extend my visitor's visa, you do it inside. Okay. How can we be so unreasonable and say people must go outside the country? That's not what we're saying.
1: I think that's clear. Renewal and extension, extension can be done in inside, the country. Yes. If you are changing the status
2: of your visa... Only two, even Second, if you change the two, the one which is a visitor or a medical, medical means I am sick in my country, I come to South Africa, and then after that I get treated, I'm fine. Then we're saying, thereafter then go back to your country if you are now interested to come here and open a business and apply there, but other permits, you will be allowed to change the status here. All right. And uh, let's just go back to
1: the question about language schools. Um, Stuart, uh, apparently uh, you would have be able to weigh in on that one before Mr. have replies. replies?
0: Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'd also I'd like the DG to answer that one as well. So, I mean, our understanding is now that study permits, uh, language schools will not be covered under study permits. Um, it will be places which are higher learning institutions which are covered under the, the Department of Education Act, um, but you would be able to go to a language school if it was less than a 90 day tourist visa, but we have not seen anything official yet on that we'd love to know because as the gentleman said, it's a massive industry it brings an awful lot of money into South Africa
2: yeah, but, but, but I think what is important is to say, because the question was like we're no longer having it We have categorized these processes for a particular reason to say, if now, remember the first thing we did is to say, want to change this thing from a permit and what is a visa, because a visa is of a short term nature. So what we are saying now, if you are coming for a language uh, which we do not have, yes, that's why now a question was asked. Do we work with other departments? Yes. So we have to work with the Department of Higher Education and say, yes, we need this particular language. Based on that, that person must come to South Africa and do whatever is doing. But we have categorized it. But there is no way that we can say we don't need... People who must come and assist us on languages because how would the Department of International Relations operate? How would, in particular, Home Affairs, who've got a refugee, a people are coming as asylum seekers? We cannot speak all those languages. We need those skills in the country.
1: All right. And then Karim was uh, asserting um, that you perhaps do not have the infrastructure and the capacity to actually see this through to. You know, fruition But also he wants to know Whether you have the data On the number of illegal immigrants in this country
2: Sakina, we are on record In that matter To say we do not know the number of illegals Because you are coming illegal In the country Because if I know that number Then I won't have people who are illegal Hence now we are saying Firstly, in the borderline We need to have defense In order to guard the borderline At a border post, we are saying, when you cross there, I must take your fingerprint, because the problem we're having, people are just crossing today with this passport, when they're inside the country, they change their names, because I can't keep anything, but if I take your fingerprint, you can change your name ten times, it's not a problem, but I will be knowing that you are that particular individual, so that is the fact. Let's come now to the issue of infrastructure. That's why now as a department, we are opening these 11 centers, which they can assist us. That's why now we're saying it's not necessary that you must come and apply only on paper. We are saying you can apply electronically. So that now that is increasing the capacity of the department. And it's going to make things quicker. Though the colleague is saying our smart card is in shambles, but what I know about it, the current ID book was taking 54 days and more. But the smart card is taking seven days because that is in an electronic process. Sakina, in this country, I'm telling you, a student visa, we will approve within a day, once everything is in our system. Because it's no longer a courier on a paper, they get lost, and all that. that is going to mm. happen.
1: Let me just uh, run through a a few uh, SMSs and uh, a few questions from our listeners. We'll take those two very briefly. Uh, Sipo wants to know, can the DG confirm if foreigners residing in the townships, trading in shops, have the necessary permits to trade and stay?
2: That is one of the things which we are working on it with the department to say. You know, in the past, when you open a, a shop, you have to have a license. But those things were dropped Now we're going back to that So DTI is looking at those issues to say Can we make sure that when you open a business You must have a license And when you've got that license One of the requirements is going to say If you are a South African You must have an ID document But if you are a foreign national You must have a permit Which says you are here to trade. And again it goes back to
1: capacity In order to
2: police all of these
1: things But let's just take Christine in Cape Town quickly Morning Christine Good morning. Um, this is the first I've heard of changes. In December, my husband and I
3: replied, applied to renew our permanent resident vi- visas. We've been here for 41 years. We've we married, we worked, we've paid taxes, we've had children, we've grown up. Uh, are we now going to be refused
6: a permanent resident visa?
2: Okay, just hold on there, Christine. Don't go away. Um, Mr. Plini? Uh, well, I need to know the details of when you just said I applied after 41 years. Uh, it been, but you said like, renew a permanent. You don't renew a permanent residence. Once you are well, granted a permanent residence, that is a permanent residence. That's why it is called a permanent. So I don't know when you talk about now renewing well, a permanent residence.
3: When <laughs> I went to, uh, I had to get a new passport for my own country. Um, and I had to get a, a new stamp put in it, a new permanent resident stamp put in it. That's always been an instantaneous thing. Now we've been told, uh, sorry, in December we were told it would take a year to get that stamp put in. And Mm. now I hear that there are changes. So I want to know where I stand as
2: as an old person. No, that that is not affected. but I don't know how a person can say it takes a year, because that is not, that's how I'm saying, you don't renew your permit. Suppose you are getting another Passport, so that does not take a year uh, So you can give us your Details and then we can deal with that issue okay. But not affected by the new regulation
1: Christine, we're going to put you back to the producers And uh, we'll take your details and Pass it on uh, to the uh, DG Calistas and Joburg, very briefly Come on. Uh, we've lost Callistas, unfortunately. And, of course, uh, we, we are hopelessly out of time, mm-hmm. and uh, we are inundated. Uh, there's all your mm-hmm. messages coming through, it. pages and pages of them, and people still trying to call through. So, obviously, there's a need for us to do a follow-up a program. Time. But uh, just to uh, wrap this up, uh, Chris Waters, uh, your final word on this?
3: Um, thank you very much. Yeah, I... <laughs> I would agree with your listeners and yourself that we, we really need a kind of follow-up session because there are quite a number of issues that the DG has raised that I would like to have taken up with them. Um, and uh, but I think ov- overall, you know, we're looking at a – it is a new act. It's a, I think there are some positive changes, but it does have its drawback at this point in time.
1: And uh, Stuart James?
0: I can echo those sentiments. There's a lot about the new act that makes sense. Um, Unfortunately, there are some areas that do need clarification. They need them very urgently uh, because it's making it extremely difficult uh, to attract the skills and investment that we need at this precise moment in time, which is a shame when, as I said, a lot of the new act does make sense.
2: And finally, Mr. Aplini. Thanks very much, and we really want to take the opportunity to come back and be able to explain to the people because we want whatever we do, we're doing it for the people, uh, but as we are saying that we are doing these things really on the best interest of, of the country. If there are issues which we need to look at, that's why the Minister said these things are not cast in stone. Uh, if now there are processes which we feel that people are not doing things right, we we'll look at it, but the interest is to take the processes forward.
1: And of course, uh, we will try and have the follow-up session yes, as good. soon as possible. And if you have Problems, uh, you can email us at amlive@safm.co.za or inbox us uh, on our Facebook page amlive on SAFM. And the ones that I do have right now, I will pass on to uh, the DD, and hopefully we'll bring him back soon, and we can take more of your questions and get clarity on what needs to be clarified. And that's how we come to the end of this morning show. Thank you, as always, for your fantastic participation, and of course to the production team for making sure it went out loud and clear. And we'll be back with you tomorrow. Right now it is 9 o'clock and time for the News with Vibakshni Chetty.